Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary Podcast. This is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary fall things are the crunch of leaves under my feet the smell of fires, and the return of my favorite TV shows. Lisa Joe, I love pumpkins on the front porch, candles on the dinner table, and a new mystery novel from the library. Oh, those are good. <laughs> are you ready for today's conversation? Because get comfy. Here we go. So Chrissy, I think a lot of people probably know, if they don't, I'll tell them that you are, I think, probably my favorite living writer. Oh, I goodness. You are. What? I mean, yes, <laughs> you're one of my favorite writers. Aww. Like, definitely top three, if not the, the favorite. But you're like, I always say hanging out with you is like being with my own personal Madeline Langle. <laughs> I'll be your Madeline Langle. <laughs> Who also cooks for me. <laughs> It's like a Madeline Langle mashup with Tasha Tudor, I think, which Love I think it. I've actually said in previous episodes. <laughs> but um, on that note, what I am discovering about you that is so fun, and I actually think you're discovering about yourself, uh-huh, is that what you're is not only a word artist, but you are more and more a photographer, too. Uh, uh- Y- yes. yes. Yeah. Well, uh, because I have the desire. I want to learn. I want to grow. Know, like, <laughs> I remember when you first started blogging, mm-hmm. your sister, Kelly, who is a photographer, right. is the one who would take photographs for right. your blog. Do you know what? I, I can remember you way back all these years ago kept telling me, Christy, you have stories to share. You should, you should start a blog. You had been doing it for you a while. Me. I did. I'm so <laughs> sorry to say I, I could... I, I know. admit it. Tell them what you told John. It's true. I told my husband, I will, Lisa never, crazy. I will never do that. I can't believe Lisa <laughs> Joe does that. <laughs> and it was just that you shared so vulnerably and you shared honestly to encourage other women. And I was afraid of that. I mm. was. I was proud and didn't want to show my weakness and my vulnerability. I, I I couldn't have put that into words, but I know now, you know, that was the fear, right? But what's interesting, though, is that you were a student of literature and a professor of literature. You were studying the work of people like Virginia Woolf, who their entire thing is to basically show what's going on inside (laughs) my life and my soul and my body and my loves and my hates. I mean, that is what was the the meat and potatoes of the work you were doing, but you didn't want to do it yourself. I didn't. I was afraid. I was afraid of many things. And um, it was a a journey, a process to get to a point where I realized that actually faithfulness and obedience to what I, I was being called into and invited into would involve starting a blog, that that's mm. how I would grow as a writer and um, that that work was being asked of me, but it still scared me. And so you're right. One of the things that scared me is that I I am a visual person. I love beauty. Mm-hmm. Beauty matters so much to me. And I read many blogs. Of course, I read your blog, and mm-hmm. I, I read many just beautiful blogs. Oh, and Voskamp's blog. Oh, was gorgeous. The, the photographs. And her I loved it. And, oh, yes. just, just, I remember those early days when she had the black background I remember on her that blog, too. and it yeah. was just like this place, probably everyone listening can remember, she had the music that would yeah, play, and you yeah. felt like you were transported to another place in oh, time. so true. Because of her photos and her words, and also top three favorite writers. Oh. Uh-huh. And, you know, those were, I was seeing that out there, and I felt like, I can't do that. But I finally realized, talking with my sister Kelly, who did take beautiful pictures mm-hmm. and and had a blog herself at that time where she would share much of her gorgeous photography, 
I talked to her about it and I can't remember who came up with the idea, but she agreed to let me use her photographs on my blog. And I remember she'd come and like do sessions, right? She she'd would, if she visited, garden, yes. Yeah. We didn't live near one another, but anytime we got together, so she would let me use her photographs of, you know, her kids and her <laughs> home <laughs> and her garden. And I would maybe sometimes try to, you know, use ones where it wasn't obvious that it wasn't my house or my child or my garden. But when she visited, she would generously, so generously, right? When I think right. about it now, so generously pull out her camera and take time to photograph everything in my house or my apartment, uh, my family. I remember one of my favorite pictures Kelly took. It's uh -huh. so vivid in my mind. You're pulling that red wagon between the tulips down your driveway. Oh, yes, yes, and the like daffodils. Elsa, I mean, the yes, daffodils, that's right, yes. and Elsa's sitting I in it. I love that picture. <gasps> love yeah. that photograph. So she was always doing that for me. And you're right. So for many years, I only used her photographs. Mm -hmm. And the blog was very beautiful, I will say, because she's yeah. an excellent photographer. But I actually remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Lisa Joe. I was at a, um, a conference once where I met, for the first time, a, a good writer friend named Shelly. Okay. And Shelly told me, and we did not, I think at that moment, know each other super well, but she is just someone who, who can see into the heart of a person in a situation and speak truth. And she said, Christy, I think you need to take your own photos. Really? I think you I need to get comfortable that. doing that and start sharing your own images. Wow. Even looking back, I think what, I don't know what prompted her to say that. Because the pictures I, re I was using were beautiful. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't that sufficient? Mm -hmm. But I think she saw something in me and was was calling it out. And I knew when she said it, she's right and I'm afraid. Wow. And I think photographs are like words. They have a voice to them. Yeah. Like I can tell what are Kelly's pictures yes. and what are your pictures. Yes. You have different a different voices. voice. Yeah. And it was, it's funny. I don't know if I would have put these words at the time, but a little bit there was a disconnect between the photographs yeah. and the words sure. on your blog because mm -hmm. a different voice and I had captured what was happening than the voice who was mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. So that was so years ago that Shelly said that. And it was a while after that that I got my first smartphone and <laughs> started taking some photos with my phone. And the gift of a phone camera is that really for the first time, I think people like myself who don't have training in photography mm -hmm. and don't really know our way around the technical aspects of photography now had a tool that could help us kind of enter that right. world. And, and so the phone the And phone did at the that. time was the genesis of Instagram yep. then, yep. which was Joined sort of Instagram. a low yeah. stress, easy entry yeah. point into the daily art of taking pictures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey, but you're right. Maybe we'll do a future episode and share more about this. But everyone I'm, thinks that's where we're going. Yeah, but it's no. because <laughs> I have pulled up in front of me your Instagram. Okay. Because there's a picture I want to use as we begin the story we want to share today. And I'm looking at your Instagram grid. First of all, what's fun for me, so I always feel like there's a personality always behind you know, the, the overall palette uh -huh. of somebody's Instagram. Yeah. So if you're listening now, what you should do is just on your phone, open up Instagram and pull up Christy Purifoy. So C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, Christy, and then Purifoy, P-U-R-I-F-O-Y. And it is so beautiful to look at. And I love how, I don't know if you know this, you probably do because you pay attention to these things, but your palette of overall 
thematic colors changes with the seasons. I know. I you love do, that. Though. I, I know. don't. I don't do it intentionally. I don't but try to make it happen. What's your So we're entering fall now. Yes. So you're moving into more oranges, yes. browns, yes. dark greens. And I'm scrolling back to summer and you've got like purples and pinks yes. and bright blues. Oh, and I, I love that you noticed yes, that. Yes, yeah, I know. It makes I, my heart so happy <laughs> when it works out. I'm not a good photographer, but I know enough to know what I wish I could accomplish, <laughs> but it's such a beautiful palette. And um, so if you're not following Christy, trust me, you want to. The pictures are so beautiful and they're mostly of places, not so much of people, yeah. places, flowers, yeah. driveways, trees, fruit, mm-hmm. food. It's it's a nourishing feed. It mm. makes me feel full when Ooh. I look at your pictures. It feeds me. It feeds part of me. And so on this notion of being fed, <laughs> there's a photograph that made me laugh so hard oh, no. when I read your I caption. Know. I know. You know which one, right? I do. Because I don't usually laugh when I read your captions. They're very soulful or beautiful. <laughs> They're not, you're not trying to be funny most of the time like or quirky the way I will sometimes be. So there's a picture and it was posted... Um, it just says three days ago, so it unfortunately doesn't tell me the exact date. But probably by the time you listen to this episode, uh, it's only a few pictures back. But so the cover picture is the black barn, and there are benches and there's trees with fairy lights on them. The irony here is that who took this picture? You took that I picture. Did. Boom! Oh. I'm in her grid. I took the picture because See, you you can do it too. <laughs> we made <Joe>. it. <laughs> You too are a photographer. But I, it's because Christy was hosting the event. And so she was just really in the midst and didn't have time to step outside to take a picture. And I wanted to document for her. And I thought to myself, what kind of picture would Christy want? Really? I was, yes, of oh, course I did. Because I love the pictures I was you paying took that attention. Night. And I was like, okay, she would like this. And she oh. likes the places more than the people. <laughs> like oh. when she's framing. And so I was trying to pay attention to the barn and the people and the life. True friend. So true I love that you chose this picture. But the reason we're talking about the photographs is really because the caption made me laugh so hard, you guys. This is what she wrote. Last night, we gathered with neighbors and local friends to bless the new Maplehurst Black Barn, to give thanks for dreams realized, and to press into our hopes for the community we pray will take root, flourish, and grow in this place. It was a glorious, perfect night. Then, open parentheses. And I'm holding fast to that truth, even though I found two enormous pans of food in my oven this morning that we really could have used on our buffet table last night. <laughs> oh, Lisa Joe. Christy, okay, first, this made me happy on many levels. Number one, it's funny. Number two, I love that even for a experienced placemaker like yourself you too could forget food in the oven oven. like the rest of us number three i love that you were worried about running out of food which was always my mom's biggest fear yes she stressed about it so much it's because her children were uncouth and we would go through with all of our friends and like consume vast quantities of food before the adults could even get there it makes me so yes angry i remember at this blessing where i was there with you you were on one of the first in line and then i was following behind and all of our kids were there and I remember looking at the food and I remember thinking to myself there's this giant pan of pulled pork and I remember thinking huh it looks really good but there are a lot of people here tonight and telling my children don't take a lot just take a little bit and I remember (laughs) thinking I wonder if that's enough and then I told myself well of course it is like Chrissy knows of course it's enough Chrissy knows how to do this and then I didn't occur to me I, I didn't think about it again it seemed like more than enough and there was a massive dessert banquet 
And so I didn't ever give it a second thought until I read this and I thought, oh, no, and I was one of the people who was in and out of your kitchen. Why didn't I think to look in the oven? <laughs> oh, Lisa Joe, I just have to think that there's more to this mistake. <laughs> right. Because. And therein it, lies the story. Oh, Lisa Joe, it is like <laughs> my fear is a bullseye. And this mistake was an arrow that shot straight at the thing I fear most. So I was nervous going to this gathering. There were more people coming than I typically host. I so like wanted eighty people. Yeah, I so wanted to bless people. A lot on of them were greedy children. Yes, like half so many. <laughs> Half of them are yours and mine. <laughs> oh, man. I love my kids. I love being a mom. And yet, can I tell you how often I've just wanted to banish my children and others from my parties? It's something like God is working in me. And it always shows me that I, I say, oh, I'm I'm generous. I love to give. No, no. Well, I did notice like how many of our offspring heaped piles of pulled pork on their bread uh-huh. and then like all left the bread like oh. this beautiful bread and i'm like oh my gosh you've ruined it it makes and me you're crazy. not even gonna eat it it makes me crazy <laughs> and yet that is i feel like you know god asking me again and again will you also love these children will yes. you welcome like i do let the little right? children come right? you know i i know that's what i meant to do so yeah my fear going in it, it's always my fear like your mom i guess i i often fear that that the food won't be sufficient when you want to feed people right. that is the the nightmare and that you, they will be hungry honestly, you guys have the gift of always having sufficient like i've Aww. always felt overabundance <laughs> when i'm at your events i mean i remember the placemaker party those giant platter salads you made. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It's always felt like overabundance, which is why I think it caught even my eye, who's not an experienced host. (laughs) That thought entered my mind. And I almost thought like it was a betrayal that I even had the thought (laughs) that maybe there's not going to be enough. And I immediately like dismissed the thought out of hand. Like I was like, nope, Christy knows what she's doing. You know what it's like? It's like um, uh, for some people being on time, means arriving on time. Yes. For some people, it means arriving five minutes late. For me, it means five minutes, well, maybe 10 minutes. It means Mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. It's the same with providing enough for people in my home. I want there to be tons of leftovers because then I know everyone got enough. I want abundance. (laughs) So this just hit right at my fear. I was nervous going into it that there wouldn't be enough food. That was my biggest fear. People will be hungry. I have invited them here saying, in effect, I will feed you. Right. I will bless you. I will share what I have with you. And um, when I stepped up to that buffet table, I thought, this isn't enough. I, too, <laughs> looked at that one pan of pork and the one pan of macaroni and cheese, and I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. Also, it didn't help that I was standing next to a child who shall go unnamed <laughs> who was currently scooping enormous spoonfuls of the pork and the macaroni and cheese onto his plate. (laughs) Yep. And I watched that child do it, and I looked at the pan, and I thought, oh, no, (laughs) it's not enough. Quick break, Lisa Joe. We'd love to shine a spotlight on Friends of the Show. And this week, it's our privilege to tell you about a new book called Women of Courage, a 40-day devotional. Lisa Joe, I feel like Bible reading is one of those ordinary practices that forms our lives in extraordinary ways. And the best devotionals, I think, help us encounter Scripture in the context of story and relationship. And this new devotional does exactly that. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? 
I mean, we just love what our friends at Encourage put out. I was their community manager for seven years, and I just believe in my bones the way they see faith as part of our ordinary daily life. And this devotional is a beautiful illustration of that, because these are not the Sunday school lessons of your childhood. No catchy phrases or flannel graph dolls here. (laughs) When they were looking into the women that they wanted to feature, these 40 women, they opted out of surface-level stories and simple platitudes, and instead they really dug into the deep nitty-gritty of these women's lives. So we've got women that are well-known, like Ruth or Elizabeth, Mary and Martha, but then lesser-known women whose names I'm not even exactly sure how to pronounce, Shifra, Pua, Lois, and Eunice. This devotional will walk with you through the hardest days and leave you with the courage you need to lead, to love, to trust, and to turn to God in every situation. All right, for the next month, this devotional is available for a buy one, get one promotion. That means you buy one, you get one free. You can find that deal, plus a free pack of Encourage greeting cards on dayspring.com. You can also take advantage of the buy one, get one on lifeway.com. So listen, you guys, this is such a beautiful thing with Christmas ahead of us and Thanksgiving. This is the season to look for new ways to speak life and strength into the women you know. Go to dayspring.com or lifeway.com to take advantage of the deal. Now, back to our conversation. (sighs) Fast forward to the evening. We have an amazing night. We have an amazing night. Everyone, as far as I can tell, has plenty. It was perfect. It was beautiful. And then there's like, the the let's just say that the dessert was like more than enough. More there than enough. so much food. Yeah, more than enough. And so I felt okay. You know, at the end, I didn't just feel okay. At the end of the night, I felt actually quite overwhelmed with gratitude. Mm-hmm. I felt in awe almost. I yeah. felt like I had received an abundance of, yeah. of relationship and community. Mm-hmm. And I, I was filled. I was fed. And then the next wait, morning, wait, and let me say, and as an attendee, that <laughs> yes, was the same okay, feeling. Like okay. I might have had that passing good. moment, but then I looked, and as far as I could tell, everybody ate. People had seconds. Like people were were filled, you know, because there was bread and there was salad and there was taco salad and there was like a green cucumber salad. Like yeah. there's 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 more than enough. So I literally never gave it another thought until I read your Instagram <sighs> and was horrified yes. to think. <gasps> How could we have missed that? There actually was more food. There should have been more food. Our calculation said we needed more food. And yet what we served our guests was less than. <laughs> it was half. It was half. It was half. So how meat. did you discover it? You came down the next morning. I did you walked open down the, the oven? next morning and Jonathan, my husband, had been making breakfast. And <laughs> oh, I, no. I wandered over sleepily on this Monday morning to the coffee pot. And he said, Christy, this morning I found more food in the oven. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, yes, I found another pan of pork and another pan of macaroni and no. cheese. And I just looked at him. Oh, Christy. And you know what else I thought, Lisa Joe? Because it hit my fear exactly. I thought, this thing, this mistake, this whatever it is, is trying to steal my joy. Yeah. It's trying to rob this good right. thing from me. I felt it. I felt like yes. some enemy had entered the kitchen <laughs> and was trying to snatch away yeah, I think my you're gratitude right. and my happiness. And you know, in that moment, I wanted to blame my husband. Mm. I wanted to say, how could you? <laughs> but I had a sense no, this is bigger than him. And this he was in him. the thick of hosting with you. He and was, there were friends like me and others who were helping happened. put out food. And we and I actually remember 
coming back into the kitchen after we'd carried the last of the things out and me and another fellow who I don't I don't remember his name but we were we walked around the whole kitchen Aww. we looked on the table I went to the sink and we were like and I said to him did we get everything and he's like that's what I came to check for yeah we got everything <laughs> <laughs> nobody thought to look at the oven oh. and I think it's because it was catered food like yeah. the expectation is it's out like it's yeah. not being cooked right? right right let's just say note to self for future check the oven but I mean you and John like you it's not like you made that mistake alone there were others yeah. of us all in it with yeah. you yeah. And for some reason, none of us thought. And that's why yeah. when you and I have talked about this, it feels like more than just a mistake. It, does, it feels yeah. like there was an actual spiritual, yeah. <laughs> not to over-spiritualize pulled pork. <laughs> but honestly, if we believe we live in these two planes, an earthly one and a heavenly one, mm-hmm, and that they mm-hmm. meet in mm-hmm. these moments of our giftings and our callings, yeah. where there is an enemy trying to undermine, you have to say, well, you know what? I'm going to receive this either as something God is teaching me or as something the enemy is stealing from me. Yeah. And so you have to choose. The funny thing about this all, Christy, is it kind of got me thinking a little bit about that overtold Bible story where I often struggle to hear stories that I've heard a million times with fresh ears. But it did make me think a little bit about, you know, ye old loaves and fishes oh. that we've heard so much about. <laughs> but, you know, I think about that mom that day. Who packed him the lunch? Because I'm sorry, that boy did not pack that himself. Oh, like that's some good. mom yes. packed that for you're him. Right. You're right. And I can imagine her thinking, is it enough? Will it last him all day? It's a long uh, day. Like, yeah. did I put enough in? Hopefully it'll just be enough for him. Wow. Little did she right? know. Right. And little did she know that wow. that tiny lunch she packed would be abundance, mm-hmm. more than enough. Not just enough, right? Because isn't that the kingdom economy? More than enough. God is in the business of more than enough. And that's been part of the conversations you and I have been having the last few days. Like, we say to ourselves, this is enough. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I have enough. Mm -hmm. I'm good, Mm -hmm. you know? And then God says, well, sure, you could mm-hmm. stay at where you are, and it is good. Mm-hmm. But but do you want to come deeper into this more I have for you? Mm-hmm. And I think what you and I often unpack is that more requires a degree of discomfort yeah. to get to it. Yep. Jesus broke the loaves and fishes. And we've talked about this in other episodes. There's a degree of breaking in order to multiply. Yeah. And I think this has lived out for you and I differently in our lives, often for you through the analogy of hospitality and for me through friendship or relationship, but definitely the breaking in order to have abundance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, so I find this story really encouraging because it tells me, so I worry. Why do I worry? I worry because I want the people to be fed. Mm -hmm. And if I can remember that God too desires to feed the people, that my fear, my desire is safe with Him, Mm -hmm. but He doesn't need me to do it right Or, well, he doesn't need me to show up with my two pans of food, which would have been more than enough to feed everyone, (laughs) which is what I'm so busy trying to do. I'm so busy trying to get it right and do it well, as if I I don't, then the people will go hungry. And I felt like that, not that morning, it has taken me a while thinking through what happened to figure out, oh, I can screw it up. I can miscalculate. I can miscount. I can do it badly. I I can can leave the food in the oven. oven. And God will still feed the people. Wow. He will still do it. And it will feel like abundance. It will, because it's not, not my doing. Enough. Like, it felt like more. Yeah. Like it, that night felt like a feast on yeah. every level. There yeah. wasn't a sense of scrimping or not enoughness <sighs> or worry, even for you. Like, there wasn't That's worry right. that came with you. Your fear That's was right. realized. It was. <laughs> you, it was. There's the appearance of not enough. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, 
the night was a night of abundance. Yeah. That's the story of that night. And part of the abundance, so you and I, we've talked about this, experience abundance in different ways. Mm-hmm. For you, it's about this, the event, the food, mm-hmm. the beauty, mm-hmm. the prayer. For me, it will always be about the people. Yeah. And part of what was such abundance that night was meeting friends of yours who are in the world of writing and art yeah. and community and trying to build places to welcome people in to build closer relationships, to unpack writing in the context of the sacred ordinary. You know, I just, those friends of yours that we sat down with that night over dessert Mm -hmm. were abundance for me. Mm. I hadn't had an expectation coming to the event of brand new friendships. I came to support you, to bear witness to what God is doing, to be part of the blessing of the barn, and then received back you know, more, more than I expected. Oh, a relational feast. Beginning of these (laughs) new friendships with People that have been dear to you that I'm so excited to get to know now. So hi, Ned and Leslie, Tom and Becky. We loved hanging out with you the other night. You're right. It was a feast. It was a feast. It was. It was so wonderful. And so it got me thinking, too, about people. So for those of us who aren't naturally experiencing the gospel through hospitality or food or opening our homes and worrying about there not being enough food— We might experience this sense of lack in other places Mm -hmm. where how do we give out of our little? Mm -hmm. You know, the loaves and fish is a good example. And another example, of course, is the widow who has the oil, right? And this is in the time of is it Elisha or Elijah? I always forget Um, which prophet it was. (laughs) (laughs) But he stayed with this widow in a season of famine and she only had a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, but God, every day there was enough Mm -hmm. to get by. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to relationships, that is how I'm fed as a mm. two that's what feeds me the most which mm-hmm. is why i think meeting the quartet of new friends mm-hmm. fed me so much that night more than the pulled pork <laughs> um but what has been modeled for me recently too is friends who out of their seeming lack have continued to give and pour into others and how richly rewarding that is to be on the receiving end. So let me put it in a more concrete picture. I think a lot of us these days can feel like we're stretched too thin. We're so busy. We're running on empty. We're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I feel like I drive like six hours a night between all the different sports practices. It's so much. And in this season of our lives, especially here in the second half of our lives, there are friends going through hard things, whether it's in their marriages or in their finances, the houses they're trying to maintain, the teens they're trying to raise. And it would be easy when you are going through a season like that, feeling like you have lack, Mm -hmm. not to have anything to give to somebody else. And I was recently at an event where I went to speak and I was very nervous. I was the keynote speaker on the stage of the big mops convention called MomCon. And I, for years, have dreamed of being invited to speak on their main stage. And there are nearly 3,000 women that gather. And it's a very special place for me because it's actually, I don't know if I've told you this, Hmm. Christy, it's actually where I feel like God, where I received my call, like the call on my life oh. to write and encourage women. Wow. So seven years ago, I attended my first MomCon as a workshop speaker. And at the time, they'd asked me to come and teach on social media and online stuff. And I had never come to MomCon. I was by myself. I didn't know anybody there. And I remember standing in the very back of the main auditorium where it's not, that's not where I was speaking. I spoke in a tiny little room to a very small workshop, <laughs> but I was in the main plenary session standing on the left-hand side 
as worship began, and there were thousands of moms with their arms raised in worship. And in that moment, I just sensed how holy the ground was. And I remember saying to the Lord, send me, send Mm. me to these women. Like, I want to encourage them. And I had like a newborn, you know, I had three kids. My third was a newborn, but just this hunger to serve these women. Mm. And that's what I've done the last seven years. You, you have, know? you have. And so to be invited to speak at MomCon on their main stage, and it was very short. It was like a 12-minute TED Talk <laughs> is what they invited me to do. But for me, it felt like such a big deal. Like it was my equivalent of inviting people to yeah. a barn blessing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like yeah. here is this moment where God is inviting me to speak to this community that I believe seven years ago he sent me to. Yeah. and. It was very special because at the event, I had six or seven friends, including my sister-in-law who lives in Florida, who were there, who just came to support. And the night before the event, we all went out, as one does, for Mexican food, chips and queso and conversation. We shut that restaurant down and we sat for hours and hours catching up. And these are women who we've all known each other for maybe 10 years now Mm. of online community. Some of us don't write anymore. Some of us do. Some of us are speaking. Some of us are writing books. Some of us are raising teenagers. We're at all different seasons. But some of us have walked through very difficult waters recently, waters that would leave you completely dry Mm -hmm. and empty and parched and feeling like I don't even have a scrap of oil left. Mm -hmm. And what was so meaningful is that those women shared their very hard things with us. And then in the next breath, spoke encouragement and life into me and my friend Becky, who were both speaking at the event. Mm. And to experience from women Mm. who were offering us their Mm. loaves and fish, right? Like I have this little, I will break it and I will give it to you to Mm. nourish you. It was such abundance to experience from them. They all came backstage before I spoke. They stood around me in a circle. And I remember almost feeling awkward because who am I? Like I have this tiny 12 minute talk, like Bob Goff was in the room and, you know, Andy Stanley's wife was there, like famous (laughs) people. Okay. Uh, And then there's me with my tiny 12 minute segment and now a huge cheering section. uh, (laughs) But I realized like that is receiving the abundance of friendship, the good gift from friends Mm. who say, even though I might feel like I have a little right now, I'm going to break it. And then God multiplied it. Like they Mm. laid hands, they prayed over me. They poured out everything they had, Mm. and it was so much more than enough. Mm. And when I got on the stage and I spoke and told a very, very hard story from my childhood, when I walked off, it's a very vulnerable experience having just done that and feeling like now I show up naked backstage is how it feels. But there was another woman, a preacher, standing backstage waiting for me, a woman I'd only recently met, and she just opened her arms and took me into them and just prayed over me that God would seal what I had just shared, that He would protect me from any lies from the enemy. And I, that day, received abundance at a level I have never experienced before. I was the recipient, and it taught me Again, this lesson that if we are willing to give God what we have, Uh like my friends did, Mm -hmm. they had their time, 
They had their prayers. They had their love. Mm. And they showed up. And even though in their own lives they were experiencing lack and struggle and difficulty and pain and sorrow, they were able to offer me their joy and their delight. It was the most beautiful manifestation of what it means to feast together on the goodness of God Mm. and how I could enter into their sorrow and their sadness and pray for them from that perspective. And Maybe it's strange to compare it, you know, to this idea of when we're trying to offer to people food, but it seems to me the same because <laughs> I think it is. We're yeah. offering people ourselves, yes. right? Like yes. ultimately, that's what you're yes. offering exactly. here. You're offering exactly. yourself, and your fear is that yourself won't be enough, right? And then it wasn't to it a wasn't. degree. <laughs> and here is the example of women who are offering themselves, and really, what they're doing is not offering it to me; they're mm-hmm. offering it to the Lord, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. He is multiplying. Mm-hmm. And creating abundance for all of us. Right. Isn't it interesting that we, okay, well, I'll just talk for myself right now. I <laughs> pray for and long for a jar that is full. Yes. <laughs> Lord, yes. let the jar be full because all the, the, time. the need is great. So right. let let there be enough food. Or, you know, the gathering we're talking about was a barn blessing. All these years of wanting and right. hoping we could build a barn. But we are not, we don't have barn building funds in the bank. We don't. We never have. (laughs) And so we would pray like, Lord, fill up this jar so we can build a barn, so we can bless people and gather. And um, But you know what, Lisa Joe, He's never filled up that jar. Mm. I have never, never, not once in in the years that we've been living here and trying to be faithful to build the things that we're called to build here, looked in my jar and seen, oh, look, there's plenty of oil. Let's build a barn. (laughs) No, it has never happened. Instead, I feel God saying, okay, now's the time. Take the next step. And I hold up my jar like, Lord, I'm pretty sure it's empty. (laughs) It feels really empty. Feels real light, Lord. (laughs) And and yet I know, okay, actually, no. Okay, I think I'm being invited to take the next Mm. step. So I take the step. And what it looks like is I dig my spoon into the jar. I can't even see the bottom. I'm Mm. like, my arm's going all the way in. It's going all the way in. And I pull out the spoon and, oh, okay, there's a a little bit of oil there. Okay, I think that's enough to just take the next step. It's right. not enough for the whole thing. I don't know, right. you know, maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, well, it'll turn out we were fools. We shouldn't have done right. it. But a faithfulness feels like taking the next step. So I find a little bit of oil, a little bit of oil. So that the whole process of building that barn mm. has been like that. Mm. Scooping, wanting to be generous, wanting to give everything and feel looking and and being, it's true. We don't have any, we don't right. have it to give. Right. And yet, what does God do? The jar keeps giving oil. The jar mm. keeps giving oil. It keeps happening, even on the night of the barn blessing, right? <laughs> I don't have enough. I left the food in the oven. Right. And yet, even then, you know, God feeds the people. It's really, it's beautiful. For all of us, we all experience feeling lack. Like, I don't have enough for this person who's hurting or this person who's sad or these people who are hoping to be invited home from church. My apartment is too small. My funds are too limited. My emotional capacity is maxed out. Like we all experience that. And yet there's something about the reservoir of God that when he asks us to do something, Mm -hmm. invite that person over, make time to pray for that person, feed these people, Mm -hmm. have that neighbor kid come by, you know, whatever it is, he really is the God who is always multiplying. Mm -hmm. And he, 
does not do it like with a long lead time. He's no. Like, day by day. <laughs> step by step, day by day. This, you know, pray, will, pray for your daily bread. Right. Yeah. There'll be enough. And I think yeah. though the order of it, like our good friend Anne Voskamp always writes about, is first Jesus says thank you, right? He mm. says gratitude. The the mm. thankfulness comes before the blessing, before the multiplication. Mm. The expectation comes first. And so I think that is just such a great lesson. I'm going to remember those pans of pulled pork. Mm. This It's not the fear that drives you. It's the expectation that God will provide, that He will make enoughness, whether it's the people that we're trying to find ways to love in our homes and lives and communities and stories, or the food around the table. You know, there's a sense that God is the God who can multiply just the just enough that becomes an abundance. Yeah, it becomes more than enough. A more than enough. So <laughs> anyway, I will laugh every time I think about those pans of pulled pork, <laughs> but I will think about pans of pulled pork and chips and queso that my friends and I yeah. set and ate as a, as a reminder that we just have to bring it to God mm-hmm. and then He will somehow make the more than enough. (laughs) Did you enjoy these stories? Why don't you join the conversation? Take a moment and leave us a review. It's easy. Just scroll down in whatever app you're listening on, click on review, and tell us who you are, what you loved about us, and let us get to know you a little bit too. Today's featured review is from Flourish Flores. Some podcasts feel like a fire hydrant. Some like trying to sip from an empty cup. But this one is a well-crafted latte, well-placed and timely. And from Barb Sheely, it sounds like many of your listeners are in the same place in life as the two of you, but I am a bit older. I retired five years ago at the age of 55, kind of in the prime of a busy career, managing big engineering projects. I retired when my first grandson was born so I could watch him full-time while his mama worked. I was not able to stay home with my kids when they were little, but am now so blessed that I can stay home and watch my grandsons. Now there are four of them, but it has brought challenges of how to cope with living a completely different life, a much more ordinary life. Your podcast has helped me to keep what's important in perspective. Thank you for your insights. A shout out to Anne Voskamp, a favorite author who recommended this podcast. <laughs>